Hey everybody! Welcome to Verbal Diarrhea, another episode. Yeah, 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 we're back at it again. Our first episode. <laughs> we're going to be talking about um, what it's been like to grow up like, in African homes, in African culture, and being female, and growing up, quote-unquote, white. So basically, we're going to be talking about our childhood traumas yes <laughs> basically <laughs> therapy session y'all okay um where do we start we can start with, with what i do what i do tell, tell me and the audience everybody listening the thousands and millions of fans we have out here paying our bills freaking how do you identify as a person would you identify as being black in africa or african and black um so you guys on our podcast don't know this yet, or maybe you do. Maybe you follow us on the grams and things. But Hopefully. I, I am Zimbabwean in origin, and so is Jen. So I came to South Africa in 2010, and uh, I came in South Africa and started first in a black environment, like at home. But after 2011, when I went to my uh, high school alma mater, Al Shaddai, I was black at home and white, and then a white environment at school. So for me, race kind of is not something I can ignore. I'm Mm -hmm. African, yes, but I'm black first because that's been my experience. What about you? you? Okay, so I feel like, I feel the exact same way, but I came to South Africa in 2008, right? Mm. Where um, it felt like, if, for me, it felt like being a child, and I was seven years old when I was in Zimbabwe, right? And I was going to school there with black people. And then coming mm. to South Africa, I felt like I was hit in the face with this thing called race. Mm. Obviously, being eight years old, you don't know what race is or whatever. But I would never mm. have, I would never have never imagined that there were so many different types of people. So for me, when I first experienced being with colored people or being with white people it was never about race. It was about different types of people because I've always known being black, obviously, and then now seeing people in abundance that are black like me but look completely different and realizing that the world was much bigger than I thought it was and there were so many other people in the world that I thought they were, it was kind of like a slap in the face. So experiencing that, I would never, I, I think it kind of like bl- not blurred the lines of race, but I never saw myself as black after that I just saw myself as a person in a huge sea of other people that are different just coming from different places like I just realized how big the world was to a point where I don't I I think I only started realizing about race like a few years ago yeah yeah so in my case when it comes to like race and racial relations Mm. my first experience of like meeting someone who wasn't black I think I was four years old my yeah. mom and I were on our way to Botswana to visit my dad. And um, we stopped at this pit stop and there was this little white girl and we were hashtag besties for like an entire Ooh. day. And I didn't, it didn't click in my head. Oh, I'm black. She's yeah. white. It yeah. was just, here's a little girl. We're friends. And then um, when I came to South Africa, to when I grew up, as I was growing up, at around eight years old, mm. around 2008, actually, mm. no, around 2006, because I'm 1998, around 2006, 
you remember um that news big news thing where like a bunch of white members of the parliament were like kicked out no i was i was eight and my granddad used to make me read the newspaper to him and we watched the news oh i would have never so like (laughs) so that was my first experience of oh so there's a thing of like blacks and whites Mm. in africa and around Mm. the world because i remember i was i i was not allowed to leave that home i was not allowed to leave my grandparents house so i constantly like watched tv mm. and even on tv growing up consuming like black american content yeah. i was exposed to like tension between black Amazing. people and white people you know in my case it's it's completely different i thought we have very similar backgrounds i would think that we would have similar experiences i mm. i would like the way you said that when you met the little girl and you just saw her as a person that's how I still experience race to this day. Like when I see another person, I still see, I see myself as an individual that lives in between these, all these different types of people. So when I see a black person, I see a black person, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's got amazing hair or, oh, he's got, he's so tall. That's the exact same way I see white people. Like, oh, they got such light skin color. Like I wouldn't see them. Like I wouldn't see a, a white person first see, oh, white. I first see person. And then it's always people that I think make the race issue obvious. You were exposed to more races and racial tension as at a younger age has something to do with it. For me, I never realized, like for me, I've always been like wondering like, oh, what else is out there? So every time I'd see somebody, like if I saw an Indian person, I'd be like, oh my God, amazing. If I saw a Korean person, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like I wouldn't make the race the topic of the day or like, oh, I saw a colored person today or I saw this and that. Like that's never what goes on in my conscious maybe it does in my subconscious because I think here in South Africa, even like the way we're speaking now, if somebody's listening from Ghana or from Gambia, they'd be like, what? I don't think they would experience it the same. But here in South Africa, races are quite, it's quite obvious who's what. And I think if we had grown up in Zimbabwe, the way other people did, we wouldn't have noticed it the way we notice it because we grew up being outcasted for being black versus people who grew up in an all-black African community I know what you're saying. Um, but also, like, another caveat we should talk about is, like, having white friends. Yeah. What that's been like. So, in my experience, like I said, around 2011, I was suddenly, like, surrounded by a lot of white people because of school. Yeah. Um, in my class, I had no black teachers basically from when I started at that school to when I matriculated, mm. one. Two, um, up until around grade eight, grade nine, there were like three black people and one of them was biracial. Like yeah, three black people and maybe four or five colored people and the rest were white. And I didn't notice. <laughs> it sounds weird. But you didn't notice. But I didn't notice. Mm. I didn't notice race until grade 10. Hmm. Interesting. So having a white friend, what was that like? That was just having a friend to yeah. me. It didn't make, it didn't make a difference. Okay. Earlier you said that you were black at home and white at school. Hmm. Meaning? By that, I don't mean that like people at school saw me as white. I mean people who are black saw me as white. So, uh, 
I would be around a lot of black kids, mm. but because I speak the way I do, yeah. it would like they would immediately notice me as other. Yeah, right. And that I was othered mm, amongst white among people, people, but amongst white people, I didn't feel that mm. otherness. Mm. How did you experience friendships with white people? Well, for me to experience friendship, I first have to have friends, right? So let's talk about that. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god, you should not be laughing at this. This is this not is very sad, sad times. <laughs> I don't know why you. <laughs> okay, no, okay now, this, is, this is a podcast for another day, but I've always had a hard time making friends. But I remember that mm. I, um, you said you went to a school where there was a lot of white people. I went to a school where there was a lot of colored people. So like, yeah, it wasn't. Um, it was well in my school. It was um, Afrikaans learners and English learners. So all the Afrikaans learners about Same with yeah so about ninety eight percent of the Afrikaans learners would be white people right, and then because I think because of the area that we the school was located in about ninety eight percent of the English learners would be the colored people, so yeah, I think the point where I started making friend my first white friend was this one female person I'm not gonna misgender somebody but um. I don't know, like, I didn't realize she was white until, like, right now when I thought about it. It was never... <laughs> I just, like... I didn't realize she was white. And then we all played together. Like, I think at the time when you are kids, or even in school, we didn't realize anything about race. You know what I'm saying? If we all today just, re- just thought, like, okay, you guys, race is no longer a thing, it would actually work because that's how kids think. Like, nobody takes into account race until you point it out. So yeah, so having having a white a white friend was never a thing. Like and I had a lot of friends lies. Um I had friends that were different races. So I would have like a colored friend, a black friend, some white friends. You never felt yourself code switching? No, I never did. Like honestly, my whole child was just a blur. We shouldn't talk about that, but um I don't think so. Okay, but before we go on, can we just define what code switching is? Yeah, define it. For those of us who don't know. So code switching, for listeners listening, is when you change your demeanor, you change the way you speak, depending on who you're with. So for a lot of children who grow up in white areas, who are black or who are colored, or grow up in colored areas, who are white or are black, will grow up in black areas when they're colored or white is when like at home for example for me we spoke shona which is my technically my home language but anyway we spoke shona at school and outside where i would speak english so my first year in south africa i went to what we call a colored school Mm. which just means there are a lot of colored people so at this colored school, I had a colored accent. Mm. So I had a full-on colored accent. Yeah. And then when I went to this white school, it's like my brain subconsciously realized, you're in a different mm. environment. Suddenly, I had a white accent, mm. kind of. And then over time, I just settled on this accent, which for me, I, I don't recognize as a white accent. I don't recognize as a colored yeah. accent. I don't recognize as a black it's a me accent i don't 
I speak yeah. like me. <laughs> no, I, I, I exactly what you said. I don't so that's what code switching is. It's when you change the way you speak, the way you move around mm. in the world, depending on who you're with. Yeah. I code switched a lot in my mm. younger years because I was a foreigner coming into this country and I needed to fit mm. in because otherwise I would feel out of place. And I, for those who are teenagers, you if you can relate to feeling out mm. of place, I totally felt out of place. Yeah. Out of place. I was very, very self-conscious. I was gonna ask you, how were you conscious? Because I don't remember ever being conscious. But like, I know what you're talking about about changing the accent, whatnot. I just, mm-hmm. I did the exact same thing. But my reasoning in my head was that oh, it was because that's the that's what I'm consuming every day. You know what I'm saying? So I also had a colored accent at some point, and there's some point where I tried to force myself to learn to speak closer. And for the life of me, I could not get a hold of that language. Like, I understand it. And I can probably read it. Because it's not too different from Shona. But I couldn't, like, speak it, you know. And I never would want to code switch. But I would want to stay in this one. I want to say, like, I was like, do it with your full chest. So I'd be like, oh, okay. So if I'm going to speak like a colored person, I need to speak like the best colored person there is. And that, including at home, it doesn't matter where I am. I just felt like the one personality that was going to be the best at that time and not the best as in the best in the situation but like what is going to be the most beneficial personality to i sound like a sociopath but what is going to be the most beneficial um personality to carry over right now that is the one that i have to like act like like that was the same in high school Mm. to a point where i found myself like actually i think it's psychologically damaging to some point and not saying that oh don't mix with other races or don't mix your kids with other races but i think teach your children that listen you need to be you you are a person that has to grow you don't have to take anybody's personality on for any reason and so that took a while to to get to since we're on there let's talk about what advice you'd give to your younger self going into a foreign country and trying to fit in, trying to make friends. What would you say? Okay, this is going to come with a very funny story. I told my friend that the day she probably almost died. But I told her that when we were coming to South Africa, right, it was, I still remember it was in August. I remember the day, like, I could, ex- I should probably write a book about it because I need the money. Y'all should buy this book. But um, I thought <laughs> that we were coming for a holiday because my dad had been, <laughs> no, no, but my dad had been working in Joburg um, for about, I think, a year or two before we came to cape town and so he came to cape town and he was like okay you see he told my mom okay you guys should just come over and stay here because things were getting really bad in zimbabwe at that time and so we came over so i thought oh my god i'm just gonna see my dad it's gonna be like a holiday i'm gonna go back i'm gonna tell my friends i was sorry tell my friends everything did we go back it's been 15 years tell me did we go no (laughs) No, we did not so um i wasn't prepared at all like at all i was like what's happening Hmm. if i could I think I should have, the advice I tell myself personally, because I'm an idiot, is like, you're not going on holiday, bro. You're going to be staying there for a really long time. <laughs> but I think um, what I would tell myself is, no, like, don't be ashamed of who you are, where you come from. Because I think at some point, every child, like, starts to want to hide or even try to change. Like, even to this day, I still struggle with it. Yeah, I still struggle with it to this day. Like, I carry a lot of it, like, trying to be, not, it's not even a sense of shame anymore. It's a sense of like 
I just don't want to be who I am. Like, I, why am I not proud of my roots? It came to a point where I was like, what are my roots actually? Because I've disregarded them for so long that I don't know what they are. And now I'm at a stage where I have to like start rebuilding myself, learning about my own history as if I'm learning about something else, like just like some random history from another country. But no, I don't even know anything about my own country. So don't don't try to like forget who you are, try to be ashamed or try to throw yourself under the rug. Like you don't have to change for anything. You are who you are and there's nothing to be ashamed of. What advice would you give yourself? For me, I would say, first of all, um, don't date. What? <laughs> Did you just say? I'd be like, you are 11 years old, Miss Mom. You don't need a boyfriend. Friend, if your mom hears this, it's over for you. No, my mom knows right now. We've talked about this. But firstly, I'd be like, don't date to fit in. Oh. Because that was my whole ethos. Mm. That was the whole reason why I dated. I wanted to I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be like yeah. everybody else. One, I'd say don't freaking mm. date. Two... I would kind of along the same lines of what you said. So I learned a lot of like good character, a lot of good mm. habits from spending time with my grandparents. I'll just tell my younger self to remember that and to meditate on that yeah. daily because losing that has caused me a lot of stress in life. Yeah. Forefront, like the basic, like mm. good things about your culture, about your yeah. culture, about your grandparents, mm. what they've taught you. That's... And another thing would be, it gets better. I'll tell myself it mm-hmm. gets better because I spent a lot of time my younger years crying and crying and crying because everything felt like so much. I just tell myself, like, be patient with yourself and be patient with your parents because they're also figuring it out. <laughs> Especially that last one about, like, the parents. Like, I think we really should all be patient with our parents. Like, even right now, I'm patient with ourselves as well. Like, listen, like, what I was talking about, like, having to feel like I had to be ashamed of my culture, try to hide who I am. Like, that is something that I shouldn't be ashamed of. Like, that's part of the growth. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's part of the growth. Something I should have to accept and be, like, grateful for that. I'm glad I went through that because then I wouldn't be who I am today. But, yeah, the other thing that I wanted to say, like, what we just said it's very similar to this one show i watched where they tell their younger selves like in the show they hold up a little picture and then they say um what would you tell your younger self and it's very similar for what we said so what i'm thinking now is do you think there is that much of a difference between our experience and people who are in their countries like for instance if we're talking about south africa like do you think south african teenagers develop differently because they were in their own country than we did because it's something we will never experience we will never experience growing up in our own countries so do you think it's that much different? I don't think it is that much different because a lot of my experiences as a child growing up in the diaspora were the experience were similar to the experiences yeah. of my peers. If you are a child of the diaspora listening to this and you could relate, send it to your South African mm. friends as well because you'll never know. There are certain things that we will talk about that we've experienced that are a universal exactly. experience. Yeah. You know? No, I was thinking the same thing. We So yeah, we've talked a lot. Almost too much. <laughs> hope this is helpful. Yeah. Um, share this podcast with your family yeah. members if 
that all right picture like send it to your family send it to your classmates your peers send it to your friend in america or in switzerland germany wherever because growing up in period is a is a experience where you feel confused yeah you do bewildered all the synonyms (laughs) like it's confusing time and i think all youth hearing that our experiences with race our experiences with friendship our experiences with moving and growing up differently than the previous generations those will be helpful to hear that someone else has been through this and i'm not crazy in a certain way exactly um so you guys remember to hit us up on our instagram and on our twitter follow us and interact with us we also have our email that's in the description below Yeah, sending you guys good vibes and positive energy only.